Up For It with Courtney Ammenhauser. The best of the week. Some more exciting answers to the baffling and intriguing questions of science. Up and out of science on FBI. Yeah, it's time for a science chat as we do every Tuesday morning and Dr. Alice Motion is here and joining Alice and I this week is a very special guest, Monica Fimichan. Chan, good morning to you both. Good morning. Thanks good for morning, Courtney. Thanks for coming on the show today, Monica. I'm excited to jump into learning more about the work that you do. No, thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk all about it today and this morning. Alice, did you want to uh, take the Yeah, race? I did. So, um, so Monica um, has, has just started a PhD, right, a few months ago. Um, uh-huh. And she's a Westpac research scholar um, who is studying some pretty awesome things about the way um, that, um, about some things that are really responsible for, for tidying up, packaging up our DNA in in our cells um, and her research I think you know Monica the best thing is for you to tell us all about it but um, you're really looking at these uh, these family of proteins these histones that are able to package DNA up um, and store all of that super important genetic information but what are you specifically looking at with the histone? Um, yes so to jump straight into it thank you guys um... So as we know, DNA is a molecule that is responsible for storing all the genetic information required for organisms to grow, develop, and reproduce. Because it is so long, these proteins, called histones, work almost as spools, almost resembling a hose reel, neatly coiling DNA and ensuring that it's packaged tightly in the nucleus. As such, these proteins are subjected to shape changes, which adjust the tightness or looseness of this coiling of DNA. These shape changes are controlled by these enzymes known as histone deacetylases, which allow the histones to remain in a very tightly closed state. However, sometimes if DNA is wrapped too tightly around these histones, an imbalance in this equilibrium of important messages that DNA transmits to other parts of the cell occurs. Because it almost becomes too hard to unravel in time, this in turn leads to several diseases such as cancer, heart disease, neurological and metabolic disorders. Therefore, the aim of my project is to pretty much uncover the mystery of these enzymes and determine how they are responsible for causing disease. Fortunately, over the years, several chemical compounds have been developed to test to reduce the levels of these enzymes and studies have been further employed to test their use as medicines. And while these studies highlight their attractiveness in the ability to work against these diseases, which is awesome news, the distinct mechanism of action remains unclear. So advancing our understanding of this relationship forms another important aim of my thesis. Wow. wow that's, I mean, that was an awesome pitch. So these histones, <laughs> Thank you. So, let's, so, so let's unpick this a little bit. So these histones, they, the DNA is wound around these things. And that's uh-huh. important, right? Because um, there's so much DNA that we need a way to tidy it up. So we could maybe think about them as being a bit like a, a cable um, organize it or something like that and um, uh-huh. no biologists call in and tell me off for that one um, <laughs> but but you, you're saying in, in what you're looking at is when that tight when that kind of that dna is bound too tightly it can't unravel quickly enough and exactly. that means that we're not getting those messages quickly enough so that's causing disease and you're trying to understand um why that happens or what enzymes are involved in that process 
Yeah, exactly. And so in short, um, over the course of the next three years during my PhD, I hope to kind of find out the specific function of each of these enzymes that are responsible for tightening the wounding of the DNA and to determine how the compounds that inhibit them kind of work in the opposite effect um, to suggest optimal strategies for targeting these enzymes and um, treating them in a therapeutic setting. I liked uh, how you were talking about the hose before. I'm just picturing the garden hose now and it's like when you get a kink in your hose and then it's all all gone. You can't use it. It sucks. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So it's kind of just um, maintaining that balance of how tightly or loosely that DNA is wounded and ensuring those messages um, are coming across. Cool. And are you making new molecules to, to te- see if you can make those enzymes um, active or inactive, or are you using other people's um, compounds to try and understand how they work? So I've been fortunate enough that um, a lot of research has been implemented over the years, um, that a lot of chemical compounds have already been developed, um, and they're quite attractive in the sense that they're doing really cool things and working against these diseases. So I'll kind of be testing them and seeing what they do as well in response to um, what they do with these enzymes and how they work against these enzymes. Very cool. I think, Courtney, I don't know what you reckon, but I think we should have Monica back on in a few years' time to to check up. Give us a bit of an update. Um, no, yeah, no pressure, Monica. It's not a, it's not a PhD review, but we'd love to hear um, how your research has progressed. No, I would love, I would love to come back on in a couple of years and check back in with you guys and let you know what I've achieved. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's a great idea, Alice. We'll definitely have to uh, reach out and see where it's all at uh, down the track once you've had time to really dive into all of this. Absolutely. No, it sounds really exciting. And even though I've just started, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to what the next three years have in store for me um, in terms of the scholarship and all the opportunities that the scholarship will grant me as well to go overseas and to learn from a lot of people. Um, My lab are also really inspiring and they really push me as well. So, yeah, it should be a good journey ahead of me and I'm really looking forward to it. Well, thank you for coming on the show this morning, Monica. Uh, Monica Fimichan is a PhD student doing some incredible work. And like we said, we're going to have to check back in and see how it all goes. Uh, Now, we are going to be talking citizen science now. What has Mr Schubert, our citizen scientist, discovered? Um, So, well, Mr Schubert is actually a scientist and arachnologist working at um, a museum. Um, And, you know, he was somebody, this seems to be a common thread for people who tell their stories of uh, being arachnologists, um, is that they often seem to start off their life with a fear of spiders and then (laughs) something changes. Um, And I guess that's because of, you know, uh, particularly if somebody has moved to Australia and from somewhere else, we get all of these stories about all of these poisonous or venomous spiders. Um, <laughs> but yes, Mr. Schubert, um, who is uh, working at the Melbourne Museum, um, has uh, been involved in identifying a new species of spider. So he's called Joseph. We're being very formal about um, Joseph Schubert here. He's a spider which is um, super tiny, the size of a grain of rice. Whoa. 
Um, but it is very cute. It has a vibrant orange face um, and it's been named because of the white stripes across this orange face. I think you know what's coming. Uh, Maritus Nemo after the Finding Nemo character. Um, and really, this is a, a very cool um, discovery. Uh, the spider is a type of peacock spider. It's not one of the peacock spiders that dances. You might have seen these videos on um, Twitter or Instagram or in other places. Some of these peacock spiders like a boogie um, and sort of get up on their, uh, on their back legs and have a little <laughs> dance. But this is... Um, Joseph Schubert's uh, 13th species of peacock spider that he has identified in the last couple of years. And he's helped out by folks who um, post pictures of the spiders that they spot in their environment. So in this case, um, it was um, somebody called Cheryl Holliday, who is an ecological field officer, and she was out doing some fish sampling when she saw this spider. Um, and she knew it was something different because of that um, orange and white stripy face. Um, and so she sent some specimens that were enabled uh, Joseph Schubert to um, identify this and to and to to create um, a specimen um, that could be stored in the museum um, for um, you know as a record of this new species. Um, and I think what was pretty um, amazing to me when I read this Sydney Morning Herald article is that only a third of Australian spiders are thought to have been identified and given scientific names. So there's a rich, um, you know, there's a, there are species, a rich species for the picking in terms of identifying or understanding more about them. And of course, Courtney, like um, when you identify a species, um, it's sort of the first step in doing anything to conserve that species or to look after it, because if you don't know about it, you don't know what's happening to the populations um, of that species. And the reason I brought you this story this week before I pause to take breath is because <laughs> I'm super excited because you know, um, you know how I feel about citizen science and the impacts <laughs> it has, and it's actually citizen science month. So, oh my gosh! Um, I, so, um, there are lots of hashtags that follow on social media but it's a really great time during this month to explore the different citizen science projects that are happening in Australia um, there are heaps you can find out about on the Australian Citizen Science Association's website so that's AXA um, and you know there are also projects that aren't based in Australia um, that you can think about joining and um, because some of them are you know like cyber citizen science projects now that don't involve um folks to even leave the comfort of their living room or their bedroom or wherever they have a device. Um, although I have to say, mm -hmm. um, it's a pretty good opportunity to get out there in amongst nature and to start looking more closely at the world around us too. Yeah, I remember this time last year when we were talking about citizen science uh, and we're all in lockdown. We we're talking about uh, like identifying birds in your backyard or out your window, depending on where you live and uh, different kinds of bugs that might be living there and that kind of stuff. So it's kind of uh, making me feel a little bit <laughs> like, I don't want to say nostalgic, but I'm just like remembering that time when I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, last year was a time where, I'm not, I mean, gosh knows how many things we thought about or reflected on. Mm. But I think that was something that uh, connected a lot of people and, and people really, um, you know, there was a collective or communal experience of that, the importance of the outdoors yeah. and the importance of our environments and the important 
importance of parks and green spaces for all of us mm. and so not just in rural environments but also in urban settings and you know that was something that um was you know it's so important to get out there and appreciate those spaces um and now is a really good time to do so uh, using uh, one of the many uh, citizen science projects that's available so you can go for a stroll and you can do some science Heck yes. Well, let us know if you do get involved in citizen science. Dr. Alice and I would love to hear from you. You can always send us a message 0409 945 945. And yeah, I think I'm going to have to go and find a little citizen science project myself, Alice. I think we are due a citizen science date. We, we, we didn't get to it last year because of uh, you know various things that got in the way. But Let's go and let's go and do some citizen science together, Courtney. Oh, I'm so keen. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, Alice, thank you so much. We'll catch you next week. See you next week. This was produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. FBIRadio.com.